Welcome to another episode of Hemp Barons. I'm Dan Humiston, and on today's show, Joy travels to North Carolina to speak with a true hemp and sustainable living pioneer who's creating a model for small farm success. Let's join Joy's conversation with Franny Tacey from Franny's Farm and Franny's Pharmacy. Wellness, Franny Tacey. Thank you so much for being with us on Hemp Parents today. What a pleasure to be talking to you again. What a gift you are to the hemp movement, to the hemp industries, and, and to the reemergence of the crop as a farmer. Fanny, you came on the scene and just took it by storm, sister. You're hail from North Carolina. In fact, the first female hemp farmer, legal hemp farmer post-prohibition, one of my favorite states. You know, hempcrete is one of my favorite products of the thousands and thousands and thousands of products to meet humanity's needs. And of course, the first two permitted hempcrete homes were built in North Carolina. You're in hemp country. Tell us, how did you discover hemp? How did hemp enter your field of awareness, so to speak? Well, I've been aware of hemp for a long time. My undergraduate degree is actually in forestry. And that was Sustainable Ag back in the late 80s. It was a very different educational system. And I was in Flagstaff, Arizona, and the majority, over 50% of our forestry class came from the reservation. They were actually doing a government research trial there. So that's where I started learning about it. And then one of my favorite friends from college grew up in Nepal. So she's showing me her Christmas pictures where they're standing in these amazing hemp fields and they grow for fiber. So back in like 88, I was like, are you kidding me? In my whole agro economy and agro history through our coursework, I had some opportunities back in the late 80s and early 90s to really learn about that. And hempcrete, oh, you mentioned that earlier. What an insane, amazing building material. And we actually had the privilege of working with Lily and Tim on those hempcrete homes. We didn't do anything but show up and be labor, but there's a lot to even be said for that. That's what farming and community and the resurgence of agriculture, that's what it's all about. And we're really getting to witness a lot right now as we're going to the harvest and just seeing how this pulls so many people together. I didn't realize you worked on the Now House. I have been very privileged and so pleased and happy to work very closely with Hemp Technologies, which got the hemp in those walls, both uh, for the mayor of Asheville's home and for the Now House. And I I didn't realize you were part of that. Girl, you got hempcrete up in your fingernails and you worked it. That's amazing. Yeah, on some pretty inclement weather days. And actually, when I was blogging for Mother Earth News, there's some videos. So if people visit the Franny's Farm, that's Franny with a Y, Franny's Farm YouTube channels, if you go back several years, you'll see some videos with the architects and learn some, you know, a few interesting facts about hempcrete as an amazing building material. I am going to do that tonight, and I'm so excited to do that. Yes, mold-resistant, rot-resistant, pest-resistant, fire-resistant, optimal indoor air quality, optimal energy efficiency. It's coming, and it's already it's made its way into North Carolina. Way back in 2009, those projects started. My goodness. Franny's Farm, to me, is a shining example 
It is a shining example of using rotational crops, of regenerative agricultural practices, and of building community. Let's first start with the crops that you grow, and then let's move on to the regenerative agricultural techniques, because how can we deliver this versatile, valuable, promising crop that serves all of humanity's needs if we're not also going to deliver the good news of regenerative agricultural techniques, which build the soil, heal the planet, and in fact, increase the farmer's bottom line. Let's talk about what Franny's farm is growing and doing and, and husbandring, if that's a word, the animals you keep. Yeah. So we bought our farm about seven years ago, and it was raw land. Another beautiful video is a barn raising that we did where we brought our community in to help us get the foundation and the timber frames for our two-story barn house. At eight years old, I started planting gardens for my mother every Mother's Day. And from that and throughout my life, it's bloomed. And the beautiful thing about farming is you can scale up and scale down so I've always grown, and now on the farm, our first year we started a lot more mass agriculture, and we've scaled that back to provide food. We grow food, seasonal, organic, heirloom food for our guests that stay and lodge on our farm and for our farm team. We've got several people that live and work on the farm. Um, so we've gone scaled up and scaled back on a lot of that. Three years ago when we planted our first hemp crop, heavily involved with NC State, the Women in Hemp nonprofit that I helped found that's funding two female researchers that are actually at the end of this three-year trial will produce some of the first hemp trials data, which is so valuable. I'm very into the research side of it. So valuable for future farmers to really understand what varieties are going to grow in what latitudes and climates. The variety trials are, are in fact, the, the keys to the kingdom here. And as you well know, it's been going on now for several years since first growing season in 2014 with that passage and signing of the 2014 Farm Bill. You're doing the work, figuring out, as, as I often say, we've got these beautiful certified pedigreed seeds all over the world because we were a little bit late to the game here in terms of 31 other developed countries regulating the crop and in these global seed certified agencies, creating systems to certify those seeds. But how are they going to work in America's very many different climates and soils and photo periods? And so that's some of the major work that you're doing then on Franny's Farm is figuring out what's going to grow in your region. Is that correct? That is correct. So we do a lot of data collection in our trials. So we have other farms that are growing for us now, and they are also part of the NC State Research Trial. And so we're doing data collections at four different sites, some of the first stuff that's actually done on farms. And on the varieties that you're using, would you say they are mostly extract varieties for cannabinoids or terpenes? Are they for grain, that nutrient-dense superfood that is the hemp seed, or for fiber or dual and tricrop? So we are growing for cannabinoids now, and we work with two geneticists and breeders, Triangle Hemp out of Raleigh and Front Range Biosciences out of Colorado. We are really working with the people that are doing all the science and data and mass producing and able to get these clones of seeds out to other growers. And so I always say it's super important for people getting into the industry to 
find the best breeders and seed sources. Absolutely. We've been talking about now two large lawsuits that have been filed and we'll probably see more. Again, I do think it's a shared responsibility. As you say, make sure you get the best because boy, while this revolution is happening, we're seeing so much exploitive marketing and frankly fraudulent marketing telling a farmer everything that they would possibly want to hear about buying a seed for specifically for cannabinoids, which would generally need to be a feminized seed, not a male plant. So they're being told these are feminized. The germination rate is 93%. There's 17% CBD, 0% THC. You're going to get this much bulk per plant. And they tell a farmer everything that they want to hear. And oftentimes it's, it's not true. So what advice could we give folks looking for seed, sister? Find a mentor because those that I do consulting for, I send them to good seed sources but always get referrals and testimonials. There's so many factors that, you know, some of these breeders can have the same plants and send them to 20 farms and get test results for cannabinoid profiles that have a 20% variance. And so it is very important that people, I think, find a mentor and learn about growing this crop before they jump in. Excellent, excellent advice. And the selling your crop before you grow it, also brilliant advice. We want farmers to be successful, particularly without crop insurance this year, right? And we, yeah. we want, we want to, the hemp to be able to deliver on that promise. And as we build infrastructure, that, that's a difficult thing to deliver on. But if everyone takes responsibility and doesn't go into this blindly, ignorantly, or with pie in the sky, greedy eyes and ideas, and with realistic ideas, Ideas, as farmers often are. It's fascinating to me. Farmers are some of the most common sense, critical thinkers I know. And yet when yep. we bring hemp into the equation, all of a sudden, sometimes that critical thinking and common sense goes out the window. And that's exactly what we don't want. Keep those critical thinking hats on. But I would like to introduce everybody to their new best friend if you're a grower which is your extension agent. So uh -huh. every single person in every single state, wherever you are, if you will look up who your local extension agent is, they will become one of the most valuable resources for each individual farmer that is growing because each state has different regulations now, even though the farm bills pass, there's a lot of gray. And so everybody has a new best friend. Go meet your extension agent. I hail now from the great state of New York. I moved back to that uh, to upstate New York after 21 years in Washington, which was a great primer. But uh, we have Cornell and SUNY, the State University of New York. And in fact, for everybody out there, the Cornell Ag Extension Office, if you were to Google Cornell Ag Extension Hemp, you'd come up with a great page with tremendous resources, including a fantastic section on what a good farming contract looks like for cannabinoids with shared risk as well as shared profit and things to watch out for. Very, very important stuff, I think, and tools for farmers. So let's talk a little bit about what else goes on at Franny's farm, because it sure isn't just hemp. What other crops are you growing there and animals are you keeping? Yeah, so when we started four years ago, it was raw land. And we now have seven rotational pastures where we rotate sheep, according to the USDA. I'm actually a shepherdess. 
and goats. We have two Highland cows, a donkey, and we rotate them between seven pastures on our farm. And so we're a real example of regenerative ag, agroforestry. I work with my group. We have mulberries planted around all these pastures to provide a high protein forage that right before you go into the winter when they're all pregnant because we do winter lambing. And one of the things that I really started in is heritage poultry, which is very, very different, even from organic chicken, very, very different. It can naturally reproduce. My chickens live seven plus years. For people that are into heritage poultry, they're dual purpose birds. I've spoken all over the country for that. So we do a lot of breeding and I ship to farmers all over. I think I've probably shipped to every state in the U.S. now, even Hawaii and Alaska. When I really came from crop background and forestry background, so the animals was what I really wanted to expand into. But we have eco cabins. They all are one room little sleeping quarters and they have a community building where they share a kitchen, bathhouses, nice shower houses all in the spirit of creating community. They have a community fire pit. You're not allowed to do that at your individual sites. And we stock all the wood. It's all this stuff about building community. We have Blueberry Hill with 100 blueberries. And we have bees and a pollinator garden with fruit trees. I call Franny's Farm the bowl of heaven. We have a barn that says love on it, and it's huge, and that's really just what it's all about. You know, we do farm camp in the summer, and we have kids that come out. They help with the hemp. They cook with the hemp every day. There are videos out there all over our channels and on YouTube that show kids saying, hemp is the only crop that can feed, clothe, shelter, and provide medicine. These are families parents that are driving their kids all the way out to the farm to educate them and have them experience this. My master's was in special ed. It's very near and dear to my heart. I grew up volunteering for the Special Olympics forever. So our whole facility is handicap accessible. We do scholarships for farm camp. What a true, a bowl of heaven. Many, many people know us, and a claim to fame is goat yoga that happens at Franny's Farm. We were on Vice TV, Southern Living posted stuff about it. It's just been a hit. We started three years ago thinking it might be a fad, and still today we are doing two to three classes, private classes every weekend, mostly for bridal parties. They get cute little shirts with goats on them, and... So goat yoga has been a great revenue stream for a farm. A lot of what I set out to do was find out how to make small-scale agriculture viable as a profession. And I will be honest, it's been really hard. And I think a saying that follows me everywhere is Franny claims to be a great example of what to do and what not to do. So <laughs> I'm always very forthright with, okay, I made a bad choice. I just call it a bad choice and we'll, we'll do that again <laughs> and move on. But with goat yoga, we now have something that we call toke with a goat, which is a CBD and hemp awareness class. These are public events. Guests get to come out. We put all our Franny's Pharmacy, our branded, we have over 50 products that we manufacture from the hemp we grow and process. We rub everybody down with all these topicals. 
And then just light some Franny's Grammys. They're one gram cones. And we talk with the goats. And then we move into yoga. And it's an educational fun. They call me the fun force Franny. That's just, I like to just live life hard and fun. It's just been a great experience for visitors. And tell us a little bit, because you're clearly, you know, consumed in or immersed in goat yoga. But for those of us who, who are hearing about it for the first time, what on earth is goat yoga? <laughs> so we'll bring people into our event space and bring the goats in and put some little piles of hay. It all depends on what age the goats are. When they're babies, people do yoga and they pretty much just pass baby goats around because they don't have a whole lot of energy to stay up and play long. But it doesn't last long because within about six weeks, they are bouncing everywhere. So if you're in tabletop on the floor, they're jumping all over you. And it's just a really fun experience. And then as they get older, and that's like seven months Honestly, that's when they've gotten to be about 20 pounds and you don't necessarily want them jumping all over you. Our amazing yoga teacher will put people in warrior poses and we'll throw little cheese balls through your legs and the goats just run around in circles between your legs. Oh my God. Again, it's all science and research, but what it does is scientifically proven that babies, baby humans, baby animals release endorphins. It's this light, magic, innocence that chemically releases endorphins. And so people are just laughing and stretching and breathing and just transforming, evolving, and giving Franny's Farm, the bowl of heaven, more energy to just flow in both ways. I cannot wait. I cannot wait to visit Franny's farm. Oh, my goodness. And let's talk now a little bit about your farming practices. Again, this is where in so many areas you are such a shining example just in a million different directions. You're a phenomenal woman, a phenomenal human being to have on the planet, to have with us in the hemp movement, and certainly to have with us in the regenerative agricultural movement. Tell us about these practices, Franny, some that you use from cover crops to integrated pest management? When I started my farm seven years ago, there's six different regenerative ag places across the world that I researched. And I said, Franny's Farm will be the seventh wonder of the world. So when we started, everything we have planted is a native. We have planted nut trees, fruit trees, non-GMO blueberries that come from a lineage of over 100 years. We build our own compost and make our own compost to an extent that we even know how to amend it to the specific crops we're growing. So, for instance, when we do tomato crops, we might be adding bone meal to our compost. Everything we do within our entire farm is so integrated you know, we don't mow our land. We rotate our animals. Some of them are grazers. They eat the grass. Some of them are browsers. They eat the leaves. In pest management, this has been a huge thing for hemp growers the past few years. And one thing that I am not able to offer a lot of advice on through experience, because we are so diverse with flowers, ornamentals, vegetables, animals, 
we have been super fortunate not to have some of these major pest problems. Not that we hadn't had caterpillars. They all come in, you know, and then they're gone within a week. But even when we grow our hemp, we integrate mums in there. Or we put buckwheat between the rows, all in efforts to always keep the soil as the focus and the top of mind. Everybody knows I live by the lap principle, and that means land, animals, then people. Never take offense if you are not a priority. It's because the animals of the land came first. But soil is where it all begins. It's an entire living ecosystem from which everything blooms. So I'm very into the soil health as well. I say it nearly every show. I end up saying if it were not for the top six inches of soil and rainfall and farmers, we'd all be dead. Indeed, you love the soil, and indeed, that is the most delicious, complex ecosystem that there is underneath there. Just a when it's healthy soil, it's living, it's vibrant. And man, would I like to take a microscope to the soil at Franny's farm, Franny? Oh, and yes, you would. <laughs> boy, boy, and and so folks can find you if you if you want to experience Franny's farm events, goat yoga, hemp camp, all of these things it's frannysfarm.com and that's with a y frannysfarm.com and then of these 50 products these beautifully curated crafted grown with great genetics from wonderfully healthy soil you want to get those products you'd go to franny's pharmacy and that's pharmacy with an f so franny with a y pharmacy with an f frannysfarmacy.com and and yeah. certainly on our website We'll have all of that information. Franny, I cannot thank you enough for being with us today, for everything that you do, for everything that you bring to the planet, to the hemp movement, to the agricultural world, and to your community, both locally, state, federally, and worldwide. Sister, I can't wait to have you on again, and, and just thank you so much for being with us today. Well, thank you so much, Joy. I really appreciate the conversation and all that you do. And yeah, visit us at Franny's Farm and Franny's Pharmacy, putting the farm, the F-A-R-M, back in pharmacy, just the way it's Amen. supposed to be. Amen. 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 Thank you. Go forth and have a great rest of the week, Franny. Thank you. Thank you, sweetie. Bye-bye. listening to today's show. To check out more great cannabis podcasts, go to podconnects.com. Here's a preview of one of our other shows. I'm Josh Kincaid, Capital Markets Analyst and host of your cannabis business podcast, The Talking Hedge, and newest member on PodConX. So come on over and check out The Talking Hedge. We talk about business news, interviews, investments, events, all that stuff. So come nerd out with me over at The Talking Hedge. You can find me at thetalkinghedgepodcast.com or on all your favorite podcast platforms. Don't forget to like, share, and subscribe, or don't, and I'm out.